Hello there. Welcome to Digging Deep. I'm your host, Jordan Cameron. This is a podcast where we'll be bringing a series of interesting guests on to talk about their passions, beliefs, and views on the world. And through these conversations, I hope you can all go away, never being afraid to dig deeper into your everyday lives to find the truth, beauty, and new potentials and possibilities we can all truly achieve in this world. Today's guest to close out season two is a wonderful individual who I've known for a long time, who's always had a headstrong in life, taking on whatever comes his way with an equally big heart for showing passion and love wherever he goes in life with whatever he does. Today's guest is my very, very good friend, big fan of the show, Alan Bryant-Lowe. Alan, it's a privilege to have you on the show to close out season two, two, two today. How are you, buddy? I'm good, man. I'm good. Thanks for having me. I've, actually, I've been listening to the show since episode one. So yeah, it's been a bang. It's, it's actually good to be here. And as recording this, it's Boxing Day. So Merry Christmas to everyone. Merry Christmas to you. And yeah, thanks for having me. I really do appreciate uh, like you asking me and more than blessed to be on here. Thank you so much. I, I remember when I asked you and um, you were a bit taken back by it, right? <laughs> Hell yeah. I was like, you've had guests like Keith Wallen on here. I was like, How, what are you going to be asking me for? <laughs> <laughs> we're just all wonderful individuals, man. And you fit greatly into that category. So I was like, to, for him to close out season two would be great. <laughs> no, I appreciate it, man. I really do appreciate it. Um, so I guess... From what you were saying there, this can lead on to a first question. So I know you've checked out some of the episodes already. Big fan since day one. Thank you, man. <laughs> uh, so before I close out the show, you well, sorry, not close, start the show properly today. Sorry. What has made you agree to come on the show? Is there something that really intrigues you about who we are as individuals or is there something else? Um, I just like what this podcast is all about. Um, I remember the episode with your brother. And you were talking about morals and stuff like that and just things that made you and your brother what who you are and the people you are today and just as the episodes have gradually gone on you just it's always nice to hear other people's views and beliefs on different things especially in the modern climate we're in today i mean we've watched she who shall not be named or he who shall not be named the whole horrible situation at the moment the pandemic <laughs> um but yeah i mean it's really weird because everyone's views change on a daily basis i mean one minute you can have a view on one thing and then you sleep on it and you have a completely different view so i think you you at, at, when you're doing the digging deep podcast i think you really do get people to look outside of what they would usually think and kind of explore the morality of everything as one whole rather than just one individual so i, I really do like it I really do. I dig it. And it says in the name, it's digging deep. And that's what you do. You, you make sure that you don't No turn goes unturned. If you get what I mean, it's like everyone knows what everyone's beliefs are by the end of the episode, each and every episode, which is always different, which is good. Yeah, it makes us wonderful individuals. And I feel we should really celebrate that, like, um, especially with what you were saying in the modern climate and everything. It, it can be tough. But when you can really just be on a level head with other people and see like, oh, this person is like this because of that. And they're like this because of that. Instead of biting their heads off, you can really learn a lot of interesting things about people. Oh, yeah. I mean, questions over time um, about different things that we believe in. I mean, when me and you first met, we had a massive conversation about trying to find the next big monster and the gods of, of metal and rock music, who would be the next headliner at download? Like it changes every single month, but we always have that conversation. Like everyone's views always change. And I think that's what makes us 
individuals, you know, that's what makes us, everyone has, no one is going to be, believe and, un, and have the same opinion as you 100%. Everyone's always going to be different. And that's what makes it so interesting. It really is. Um, I know you were saying there as well um, about different views. Um, what helps you to celebrate different views from when you step out the door? Um, I kind of, I mean, over the years, I mean, I'm not really a spring chicken anymore. I'm 30. So it's just like, I get to that point where it's like when I was younger, I saw the world in a different place as to where I'm at now. Obviously you, you get that over time when you get older and you, you become, it's the term, you become older and wiser, but like different things that have happened within your life, obviously gives you those, that, that knowledge where you're like, okay, I thought this when I was 16. <laughs> I do not think that this now when I'm 30 approaching 31, you know, like I always had this thing when I was like, when me and my friends when we were 15 recording videos, trying to be like MTV's jackass, like, oh, they're trying to a bus stop. And I was just like, and I was like, it's okay. I won't live till I'm 30. And now I'm 30. I'm like, I wish I hadn't said that. It's just stupid. Like your views do change no matter what. As you get older, you get wiser. And it's a matter of fact that like, you just do. And that's that's what intrigues me about it because there's never there's never a certainty. And that, that that's what I like about it. I guess, you know, waking up and living every day like it's your last, really, essentially. Because I know as well, obviously, you're a married man now as well. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I mean, a married man with a dog. I mean, living a life, you know. And <laughs> I've got to add hell of a lot of time drum practicing um we'll get we'll get to that and it's just like you've literally got to wake up and go right I, I i'd never have a lane anymore like when i was 16 i was sleeping till like 12 now i'm up at like half seven like i need to do something even whether that means like log on to shudder and watch a new horror film i need to do something i just i can't just not just sit there and just stare at something i need to be doing something i need an experience <laughs> while you were at the um christmas table were you doing some drumming practice with the family <laughs> no but i was at the christmas my work christmas party <laughs> <laughs> there's that like, literally like, work christmas party people asking about my tattoos like my lifestyle i live like oh because at six for some reason everyone at my work because i'm in a band and I, I go on tour and I do this and that and I play gigs. Everyone's like, oh, so you're like a massive rock star musician. I'm like, no, dude, I still work here. And they're like, oh, so what, is it like backstage life? I'm like, trust me, musicians are normal people too. <laughs> I promise you. <laughs> yeah, we really are. Um, oh, yeah. What it's portrayed as like is like, oh, you have a load of a crazy backstage life and all this yeah. and that. It's like... No, we just want to eat pizza and nap on the sofa and occasionally put the kettle on. And Well, yeah. I, I mean, for me, it was, oh, I just need to make sure I stretch in case I don't get cramp in my calf during the mid-set when I'm playing drums, you know what I mean? Like, it's just like, if I don't get a certain amount of time, I have a cut-off date before I eat before going on stage. Like, it's regimental. Like, it's not glamour and glitz, I promise you. <laughs> And then one day when we're on tour buses, you know, you'll just be living out of petrol stations and um, junk food. Yeah, but, <laughs> but dude, I know you and you know me. That's the life we want to live. Let's be honest. Yeah. 
I'd be in America at in and out eating a really greasy ass burger. Like I don't care. That's that's where I want to be. And that's why I'm grinding every single same as you with your band. We're grinding every single day. We haven't stopped. (laughs) (laughs) No, we haven't. And this is what's great about this, is it's with with your podcast, me and you have had like years of like to gel and have chemistry so at the moment it's literally just like two musician friends catching up which is great because it's just it's just fun we could just talk shoot shit talk just do whatever you want to do talk about it and be like why aren't we why why aren't we getting that prs like paycheck yet what's going on why are we not a radio one rock show what's what's going on although you were on bbc cambridge though I was, yes, actually. Um, and it's kind of phenomenal to like, after all those years when people were saying like, oh, just keep going, keep going. And some are saying, don't just live a normal life. And then I'm like, oh, wow, shit, BBC, this is me. Never give up. <laughs> Never give up, dude. Yeah. Um, and that's when I, I feel like I'd be like the really awesome uncle or granddad when I'm older. Oh, and hell yeah. Like, yeah. People would be like, oh, let's go to Uncle Jordan's. He'll have great stories. Gather around, kids. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Let me tell you what it was like on the road being on stage and breaking Benjamin. Like, let me tell you about that. <laughs> yeah. um, that still gets you to this day, doesn't it? <laughs> Trust yeah, me, I, I know. I just didn't think it would happen. And Ben was like, okay, come on up. I was like... I, I, the thing is, I always knew it was going to happen. It, was, it wasn't even a matter of if, it was a matter of when. It was always going to happen. I love you, man. <laughs> <laughs> I, it's peace. I loved you too. But we, everyone that knows you, Jordan, knows that you hustle, you grind, and you don't stop. And you got what you deserved. That's why it's simple as that. Oh, I love you, man. Love you too much. <laughs> um, okay, so that's brought a massive smile on my face. <laughs> um, so um, one of the one of the biggest questions, as always, as you know, what it will be. Um, when you were younger, what were some of the things that opened your eyes to a new perspective on how much positivity and perspective the world can offer you as a person? Um, it was very weird for me because. There was only ever one thing that really opened my eyes um, in like a like a perspective, and it was always it always dumbs down to music. Um, when I was young, it was always I was brought up with music, um, whether it be from my mum introduced and my auntie and my uncle introduced me to Queen, um, to my uncle introducing me to Meatloaf, um, Guns and Roses, um, stuff like that. Like when I I remember, there's actually a picture. Um, that my mum actually sent me recently of me sitting in the front room with some really crappy JVC massive headphones, like early 90s headphones, with a massive hi-fi. And I remember it to this day. And I had, you, you remember in Woolworths, we had Chad Valley. Oh my God, yes. So like, in a, if obviously any American people listening, so I know you've got a lot of fans in America, like Target, Walmart, that was our, like, kind of our thing. It was Woolworths. And there was a, a, a toy company called Chad Valley and it was pool, It was like the little imitation snooker table and they had two pool sticks. And I used to use the cues as drumsticks as a kid and I used to drum along to Queen's Greatest Hits 2. So it's a kind of magic. I want it all. 
show must go on and I would just sit there all day and for me that was my perspective like I just wanted all I ever saw was on stage that's all I ever saw that's all I ever saw and when I was younger obviously I was so young and we lived in like a little council estate so I, we never really got a drum kit so in set in primary school I was actually an act, I was like a little child actor I um I would be doing a lot of acting in school and every time the head teacher knew there was a production going on, they would always go, Al, do you want to do something? I'm like, of course I do. <laughs> um, so I was always acting and to the point where um, not many people actually know this, but there was an actor who played the original Dumbledore in the first, I think it was two Harry Potter films called Richard Harris. Yes. Um, yeah. Um, I actually went for auditions to be in a film with him as a kid and the film was called Death of Charlie Wise. Um, I got down to the final three and then he died. So the film never happened. So it was like I could have been in acting. We don't know. Um, but yeah, then after that, it was always just a perspective, like coming back to what you were saying, it was always... I want to do this. I want to perform. I want somehow I want to make art. That was always what it was. I was never be able, I was never able to draw in that kind of form of art, but I was always able to perform. And believe it or not, my first instrument I actually wanted to play was guitar because of Brian May from Queen. Then I wanted to become a vocalist. I, to be fair, a little part of me, if you ask people, I still do because my band will vouch for me. I have a vocalist's ego. I want to be upfront. <laughs> I want to be part of that. And I want, I want people to be singing back at me, but I chose the backseat and I really found that my love was drumming. And that was when the perspective for me was like, this is everything about my life. It was always performing. Perspective wise, it was performing, 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 whether it be acting, um, music, I had to be doing something. And then, yeah, literally, like I would be doing little performances at my, my college, um, secondary school, and everyone was like, you know, you get the, oh, you listen to that music? Oh, yeah. no. So it was just like, listen to what music? I, Dude, I was this, at the age of 11, I was bagging out Slipknot self-titled, P. Roach Infest, Limp Biscuit, Chocolate Starfish and Hot Dog Flavored Water. Like I was that kid. So I was like in with the new metal phase. I was banging out corn. I wanted to be the guy in the, the baggy denims skating. That was me. <laughs> that was me. Um, but yeah, coming back to your question, the perspective, the main thing for me was performing. And I do have one person in general for that. Yes, it was Roger Taylor, the drummer of Queen, and Freddie Mercury, the lead singer of Queen, because seeing them and seeing the way Freddie Mercury would say, Ayo, and 60,000 people would sing Ayo back to him, I was like, I need that. I need that adrenaline, that dopamine rush. I need that in my life. But the one person I thank for my perspective and outlook on music in general is Joey Jordison, rest in peace. He's the reason I picked up a pair of, a, a, a proper pair of sticks, not snooker cues from a toy. 
a proper pair of sticks and started playing drums was Joey Jordison, hands down. Wow. So, uh, what? So what would you say was like the most, what brought you into that new metal phase? Was there like an album that really ticked it for you? Because I remember the first day I saw you, I was like, this is a mini Jacoby Shaddix here. I really want to <laughs> tell him, but I don't yeah. think he's punch me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hell no, dude. Jacoby Shaddix is my boy. I love Jacoby. Like, I love everything he stands for. Like, um, I think for me, new metal, it was, I got into, me- I got into music obviously from a young child. And obviously, as you know, as a musician, you like to elaborate and you like to, you like to just adapt and go out of what you are used to. Cause like now I'll be listening to like country, like I'm digging country music. I love country. It's, it's just something, something about country and Western music that I fucking love. Um, and, oh my God, can I swear on this? Oh yeah, <laughs> just go realized. for it. Okay, cool. Um, it comes out, I, I've got Tourette's pretty much. Um, but yeah, like, but when I was when I was a kid, I was listening to like stuff like Queen, um, Meatloaf, Guns N' Roses to the point where my auntie used to, I used to give a list to my auntie because my auntie was always the cool auntie who would go to HMV and buy me a shed ton of CDs for Christmas, like albums. And there was one day my auntie was like, she called my mum and I'll elaborate a little bit more to this story, but she called my mum and she was like, can I, uh, can I buy this? Because this doesn't look right. But I'll adapt to that in a second. But it was mainly WWF at the time, now WWE. I got into wrestling um, and Undertaker came out, Limp Biscuit rolling to his theme tune. And I'd already been dabbling with like Slipknot and Rammstein and stuff like that because I, I got cable in America or Sky over here. And I was on Kerrang and stuff. So I was dabbling. But then all of a sudden I heard like Limp Biscuit rolling and I saw Undertaker come out on the Harley Davidson with his bandana. And I was like, that's badass. I mean, what is this? And then that's when I started to notice like once you go onto Limp Biscuit, you go down the wormhole. So you're listening to like, I was already listening to, like, as I say, Corn, Papa Roach, Lincoln Park stuff like that like the original hybrid theory album like one still to this day one of, in my top five favorite albums hybrid theory always will be um but then i started listening exactly exactly um but you know i started like experimenting like murder dolls wednesday 13 um to the point where i actually had wednesday's tattoo on my arm like it was that kind of stuff where i was like i was oh my god there's more that there's more there's subgenres. Obviously, as a musician, we hate subgenres now. But when I was a kid and I was learning, I was like, oh my God, subgenres, what is this? Like, there's there's new metal, there's metal, there's hardcore, there's new metal, there's oh my god, like I couldn't believe it. There was everything. Old school metal. I was like black metal. I was like, Behemoth, who's this? Oh my god. Um and obviously, like black metal bands like Death, I was like, oh my god, this sounds like trash, but it sounds great. Like because death metal is not, then black metal is not meant to sound great. It's meant to sound like it's made in a dumpster. Like that's the whole point of it. But it sounds good. Um, and it was just like, oh my god, this is amazing. And then from then on, that's when I started like really getting into it. Like the Jacoby Shaddixes, the Chester Bentons, and I don't know whether you see like a pattern vocalists 
because I have the mentality of a vocalist. I, I can't sing for toffee. Like, I literally can't. I cannot sing tone deaf, hence why I'm, I'm a drummer that has tinnitus. I cannot, I cannot sing. But I'd love to be up there with that mic on that riser with everyone looking at me, which is really weird. I should be a guitarist, but I'm not. I'm in the back. But like, like you said, the first time we met, you're like, oh my God, this dude looks like Jacoby. Because I love, there's certain people in music that I will really have every time of day for, always. The, the Jacoby Shaddix is the Corey Taylors. Um, you know, who else have I seen? The Wednesday 13s, the Benji Webbs from Skin Dread. Um, Stitch D, Lee Downer from The Defiled or The Low Lives Now. People like that, I used to, I, I still do to this day. Like, they are the people that I used to look up to because they would go on that stage and they would suck up all the energy and they would not leave that stage until they knew they gave 110%. And that is everything as a kid that I wanted to do, um, which is why I think when I leave, I mean, you saw my band recently live and I, as soon as I leave the stage, I am a mess because I've left it all on that stage. Regardless if I've had a bad show, I know I've put everything I can. I just, that's just me. And I just, I don't know. It's just something about music, as you can tell, like I know with you as well. It's just passion. Like I, I talk about music and I'm passionate. It makes me smile. It makes me happy. It's the only thing in this world that I know I'm, I'm, I'm good at. Like I'm not the best drummer in the world. I personally don't think I'm that much of a good drummer, but for what I do, I know in my head, I put everything in and that's what it matters to me. I'm, I'm the best at doing me or behind the kit and writing everything like that. Like, it's just passion. And that's, 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 I think me and you really gel because you're exactly the same with Final Transmission. We put all of that, that the practice, the passion, the heart, the soul, everything in it. And that's, that's just, that's just what it is. Like, it's just great. <laughs> I mean, I can see it now while you're talking and everything, like how you're expressing mm. it all with the passion and everything that, that kind of makes me think like, when you were when you were still in the womb, like, did anyone like put headphones on your mum's womb? Like, okay, now we're gonna put Queen. Dude, on I, 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 <laughs> I, I tell you a funny story actually. The day I was born, my mum was giving birth to me, and the Goonies was on the TV in my hospital. And that film, to this day, I'm not shitting you, is one of my favourite films. It's it's subliminal. I'm telling you, it's, there's some weird there's some weird thing going on. <laughs> It just some things about films always stick as well. <laughs> oh, 100 percent Yeah. Like sloth from the Goonies, hey you guys. Like, come on, it's iconic. <laughs> so um moving on, actually, I know uh, one of the core messages in this podcast is um talking about passions, which um we've very greatly heard you speak about at the moment. Hmm. Um so I wanted to delve a little more into your love of music um now and talk about you know, what led you into the drumming in your band, Scarlet Envy, which if people haven't checked out already, highly, highly should, like, wow. Appreciate um, it, man. Yeah, even you on stage sometimes. When I saw you live, like, I was like, I think they're going to have to legit put a leash on it. Like, no, Alex, <laughs> Don't tell them, because they, they will listen to this podcast and they'll be like, we told you. <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean, the passion, like, 
what what really led me to drumming was again when I was a kid it was just passion 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 and then one day I didn't actually go into this so it's perfect to kind of elaborate on this question when I was at um secondary school or as I say for American fans high school um we there was like a little music room but there wasn't really there wasn't much acting going on in my um secondary school slash high school there wasn't much music going on at all um there was just like a tiny little drum room uh, a room with, a, with with like a really crappy pearl kit and in my head I knew pearl I was like Joey Jordison from Slipknot plays pearl oh my god okay it's not quite Tamar it's not Lazuri but it's Joey Jordison oh my god so I spent like three or four weeks trying to hunt down the the guy the, the teacher that had the key to the drum room and in the end, I finally got hold of him. I was like, I can't, what was his name? I can't remember, I can't even remember his name. That's how, that's how old, like how long ago this was. But like, I said to him, I, I'm, I want to learn drums. I don't want lessons. I just want to go in there. I want to pick up a pair of sticks. I mean, at the, at now I have the knowledge, literally all it was, was a, a snare, two toms, a floor tom, a crash, a ride, and hi-hat that's all it was I mean you've seen my you see my setup now I have a lot of symbols I have a lot of everything <laughs> and a double kick pedal this was a single kick um I was I just want to just even on my lunch I just I'd, I'd eat my sandwich in there I just want to play drums he was like uh you know because if it that if it breaks I was like sir like I don't mind I, I just I just want if if I break anything I'll pay for it I'll call my mum. I'll pay for it. It's not a problem. Um, love you, mum. Um, I hope she knows this. Um, <laughs> so basically, we went. I went into the room. He finally plucked up the courage. This was another three weeks of me asking him every single day because I just I saw that kit and I'd look through the window like this. Um, and I was like, oh my god, I need to see this. I need to, I need to go on this drum kit. In the end, I did. And one of the first songs I ever learned was uh, "System of a Down" Chop Suey. And I knew it was hard, but I just loved the did it, did it, did it, did it, the tom roll. I loved it. And I wanted to learn that. And I knew in my head, if I learned that tom roll, going from the high tom down to the floor tom, that was like, okay, it's an accomplishment. What's next? I knew that. And then it kind of just after a while, the 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 guy who was in charge of the music room, I say in charge, he had the key. Um, but he was always he always used to come in and go are you all right oh yeah yeah you know always he goes listen to this band and then he would he would literally send me you remember this this is how great it goes back the sony ericsson bluetooth to bluetooth to phone to send the songs over exactly Jud judging by jordan's reaction if you're not watching the video version he's got his head in his hands exactly we are old dude we are old. so he would send me <laughs> He would send me songs. The first song he sent me, he went, this one might be, because it turns out he was actually a drummer too. And he went, this song, try and learn this. It's a simple beat. He goes, I understand you're trying to learn the harder stuff, which we all do when we listen to metal and rock. We always want to learn the quick stuff, the, the heavier stuff, but you've got to learn the fundamentals first. So for me, I was like, okay. He connected his phone to mine. He Bluetoothed me. It was Huberstank, The Reason. Oh my God. And exactly. Big tune. Still there in my top 25, I'd say now, because that is a belter of a tune. Every time it comes on my playlist, I have to listen to it in full. Um, but 
I, I, I got that song so quickly because it's such an easy beat. It's just a little bit of hi-hat, a couple of simple kicks on the, on, on the kick drum and snare. Not a lot, very simple. But then that started gradually building up my, my kind of confidence. And then after that, I started learning more. And then give it six years, I finished secondary and I'd started to learn songs like Hearts Burst Into Fire from Bullet From A Valentine. Um, Afterlife from Avenged Sevenfold, stuff like that. But then I realised I needed to buy a double kick pedal because every band I listened to, it was always double kick. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. So I was like, oh, I need to get a double kick. But I never did. And I joined a band with a friend of mine that I knew from nursery. He called me up one day. It was like literally on Facebook. We hadn't spoken... We went to second, we went to primary school from nursery all up until year six. Didn't go to the same secondary school. So from year seven all the way to 13, nothing. And then one day it's like, dude, dude, I just get a random message from him. Dude, you drum. I'm like, yeah. He goes, I'm making a band. Do you want to come join me? I was like, yeah, cool. And that was my first ever band. It was like metalcore. I mean, these were the days, I mean, I don't even need to elaborate on it. Was very Ask and Alexandria old school. Stand up and scream, metalcore. Yeah, it, that was what it was. Like, like you, we'd you go fight by main stage at Warsaw <laughs> and drink Monster Energy drinks. Exactly that. I mean, we would we would like play Scream Lounge in my hometown of Croydon in London, and we would play to like twenty people. But we thought we were the bee's knees, crabcore in, choreographed crabcore, running on the spot. You know how it was back then, the metalcore days when it first came out. Long, long hair over our faces, black nail varnish, our guy liner, like we thought we were the beast knees. And then over time, <laughs> over time, it, we just kind of, I think there was, there was like over time stuff happened and then we can't, we, we gigged a lot. We gigged an awful lot. Um, but I gigged a lot with, between other bands as well, but then really, it didn't really sink into me that, I mean, I always knew I wanted to do this for a living. I wanted to do this as a professional musician, um, coming back to your question. Um, but like, it didn't dawn on me until I met the guys from Scarlet Envy, which is my current band now. Um, so I met up with Kim, the lead singer, and Mike, the lead guitarist. And they were talking about like making a band, but they wanted to, they wanted it to be that kind of New Year's Day meets in this moment meets evanescence, but they wanted it heavier. And I was like, I'm down. Um, I had my double kick pedal at this point. I was like, I'm all for it. I'm cool. I mean, as I said, there was bands in between, but neither here or there. This is where the question kind of delves in. Um, and I mean, we started, we, we made um, our first single. Obviously, you were kind enough on your YouTube channel to do a review of our EP and video which to this day we still watch and we're just like this guy has mad love we love him um but literally like we made the the, the title that we we made not dead yet the first single we wrote that 80 percent of that single in our first rehearsal it just gelled straight away literally kim came up she was like right i've got a notepad this was kind of my tryout. And I was just like, okay, we need to just bang into this. Mike came in with this killer riff. 
And all of a sudden, and I'm like, whoa, okay, I've got this already. It just gelled. And then we had 80% of the song. But at that point, it was just us three. It was me, Kim and Mike. So we had drums, vocals, lead guitars. We never had a bass. We never had rhythm. So obviously over time, um, we actually lost our rhythm guitarist um, just because of things out of our control. Um, he just kind of, it kind of just, it died down and he wasn't able to do it, which we, we, we send him our love and we, we said to him, like, we'd always, in these future endeavours, we're wishing the best of luck. Um, but then when Ryan, our new guitarist, the, guy, the, the rhythm guitarist you met, came into the band, I mean, we got down our bassist. He is, he was actually in my previous band um, before Scarlet Envy, Dan. And he was on my, my radar for a long time when we were starting up Scarlet Envy. And I was like, I know he's already in a band, but he's just musically, he's a musical genius. He can do anything. He can play instruments from guitar to backing vocals to um, fry vocals, like the growls, to... Um, ukulele to simp to harmonica the guy can do anything and it's so annoying like if anyone comes to our shows like you came to our show all of our intros made by Dan our bassist he's so sick like he can do anything um, and then when Ryan came in our new rhythm guitarist he kind of gave us a new kind of a new spur of energy because as I say there was stuff going on in the background and obviously our rhythm guitarist left and I think we all kind of felt a bit flat. There was something not right. And then Ryan came in and gave us a new spur of energy. And we were just like, oh, my God, this is it. This is what we need to do, which is when songs like, you know, Bleed For Me came and stuff like the new single that's just been released. And which is like we, we got literally over a thousand streams in five days. It is crazy. Like we are not, but like in my head, like I'm gonna say I'm. I'm. It sounds weird to say say that like I'm humble, but like I don't expect people to actually stream this over a thousand times. It's same with you with your band. I don't expect it. I make the art. I'm happy with it. We put it out, and you don't expect it. And it's just like over a thousand times in five days. Like it was released two weeks ago on the Saturday, was it the Saturday? Yeah, it was a Saturday. And by like the Thursday, over a thousand streams. And we were just like, what? What is going on? This album is going to pop off. Like, and then as I say, like everything in this part, like, like it, it, everything, it kind of just delves into your question you asked. Like, it's the whole perspective of music. Like if you, if you are in a band and you're listening to this, hearing, listen to me and Jordan talk about music, like Jordan is a fantastic musician. Like if you haven't listened to his band Final Transmission, go and stream that because if you stream them, I know you will dig them. And then stream my band, Scarlet Envy, because I know you'll dig that. It's two completely different ends of the spectrum. But musically, if you're a musician, you will get it a hundred percent and as i say our new our, our new single bleed for me just literally just went mad and i remember messaging you i was like dude a thousand like what what what's what's going on and then as i say like um before we came onto this podcast and started recording 
Jordan said to me, uh, I saw your Facebook post and I was like, what? And I, <laughs> then I remembered what it was because as I say, like to me, it's just my little band, but for some reason people digging it and I, I love it. Like it's sick. And it's the same as Jordan's band. Like we love it. Like if you dig our music, it's not even an ego thing. It just, it just makes us feel good inside because we are making a difference. We're making a change to somebody if you listen to Jordan's band and listen to his album, or you listen to, to my band's new single, and you take four minutes and five seconds out of your time and you feel something, that's all we care about. That's literally, that's all we care about. And if you're listening to the audio, Jordan just like literally put his hand on his heart, because it's true, that's all we care about as musicians. And Jordan said to me, he was like, I saw your post. And this is a plug, I apologize. This is a plug, <laughs> but, if you're fans of Cradle of Filth, new single Nemesis out on the 11th of January, Richard Shaw, the guitarist of Cradle of Filth, will be on our new single, the self-titled single for our album on the 11th of January. So dig that. I hope you like it. And I'm not just going to plug my band. Listen to Final Transmission on Spotify too, please, because his band are sick. Okay, that's, that's, that's the end I'm going to say of it. <laughs> That that kind of makes me th like when you were saying about the thousand streams in five days, and you were like, "Wow, it's crazy, dude!" Like, yeah. what the hell? Like, because uh, uh, I've gone through a lot of my life trying to do things to like, like impress my parents in school and do well in my life and everything. And then when I see massive numbers for a, a part of music that I've contributed to, and I'm like, "Wow, uh, people actually like this." I don't know what to say. Um, yeah, dude, it's crazy. Yeah, it's, it's it, it's over it's overwhelming. Like, I know you're me and you are very similar, which is why me me and you when we met, God knows how many years ago, we always have the same mindset. Like, we don't understand it, but it's a good feeling. As I said, if if someone can take four minutes and five seconds out of their time, and they could be feeling down or even feeling happy, and they can listen to one of our songs. And it makes them feel a certain way, whether it be nostalgia, good, sometimes bad, like bring up memories. Like it's it's made them feel something. And us as musicians, it's like that's that's what we do. Like me, me and you, we don't we don't make money from this. Like big musicians don't make money from this. Like, let's be honest. We do it because it's a passion and we want to make someone feel something. It's a passion. That's and it's just thing. as simple as that. Like when you're up on stage, no matter if you're playing to two people or um, like when I was, I mean, I, I, I never wrote any of the songs that I sung on stage with Breaking Benjamin. But even when I was on stage with them, I was just like, people are actually looking at me and feeling something and getting an energy back and forth or like people. It's the vibe. Yeah, it's that's what it's all about, creating something that you love and you're just never going to give up at it. And it can just be with anything, even if like, oh man, I've seen crazy things in this world that people create. Um, you know, I saw a story before I went to bed last night and um, it's a crazy story, but this woman, she was selling her farts in a jar and she made $100,000 in under a week. I've seen that, dude. I've <laughs> seen that. Because <laughs> I literally, I said to my wife, I was like, what are we doing? Like, <laughs> what are we doing? <laughs> going to go down to B&M buy a load of jars what are these for nothing <laughs> leave me alone Dude, Take it's, it's like what's, what's her name um 
Like, I'm not putting any shame on her because fair play. Like, she's a hustler. Belle Delphine with the bathwater. Like, come on, man. Like, I'm not putting any shame. No, I don't hate on Belle Delphine. Like, she's a businesswoman. Yeah. She saw a gap in the market. <laughs> fair play. Fair play. I mean, Anyone who hates on her, just it's just hating because they haven't felt that. I didn't think of it first. Let's be honest. <laughs> I did first, and then I was like, you know what? She thought of it first. Credit to her. <laughs> exactly. Like it's it, like at the end of the day, it's there's no difference from Belle Delphine selling bathwater to me and you putting our singles out. Think about it, because people get something from her, and they get something from us. There's no difference. That's it. That's that's a really good revelation, actually, about it. It, it, as much as it annoys me, because I'm just like, dude, I could be just selling bathwater, but it's just like she come up with it first. She's a businesswoman, like fair play to her. Like, if she wasn't gonna do it, someone else would have done it. So, should we message her and start a band called Bathwater? I don't know because I think tonight a live released a single called Bar Four. You might have to ask for copyright claim. <laughs> we'll, we'll be fine. It's still good. Um, <laughs> um, sorry that bit went off a bit of a tangent there, but I was like, yeah, that's actually really true. But um, no, dude. I mean, I, I mean, I apologise to anyone. I mean, I've listened to every single episode of Digging Deep, and Jordan knows I am a massive talker. Like I've said before earlier in the podcast, I have a vocalist mentality. I have a bit, a little bit of an ego, but it's Jordan asked me to be on here because he wanted to hear my point of view. And that's what I'm here to do. Like, this is what this podcast is about. It's two friends talking. It's no different to the Keith Wallen interview or the interview with him and his brother. It's just two people talking, shooting the shit, just basically hearing different opinions and hopefully just entertaining you guys for an hour and a half two hours i really appreciate it man thank you <laughs> no, i love you man um so how would you say music has helped you as an individual to find what you're looking for in life whether you're behind the kit or even just listening have you been like searching for something you'd say in life and music's helped you find that or would you say it's gradually helping you find something i mean dude look at me i mean i'm literally the epitome of music taken over my life um like to the point i don't know whether you can see that that right there is a sound wave okay so anyone who's watching on the audio i'm pointing to a frame that has a sound wave of papa roaches and no matter what above me and my wife's bed our first wedding music music is key um that again is musical notes of the song papa roach no matter what that was our wedding song like music is my life um, I'm currently wearing merch from um, the Straight From The Path drummer, Craig Reynolds, like, who I do ha- actually have to thank, um, because he kind of, I kind of fell out of love with drums for a little while, like you do, you find, you, you, and this comes into your question, finding love, coming out of love, like, it, it's, it, you know, Jordan, when you're playing an instrument, there's times where you fall out of love with it, just for a split second. Yeah. Until you realise it's everything you want. Like drums, it's probably the same for guitarists. Um, but drums for me, it's a, it's a very love-hate relationship because drums, the same as guitarists and vocalists and bassists and anyone who plays a musical instrument, 
it's very every time you do something new you want to push yourself so you want to do something out of your comfort zone on your instrument and recording the new scarlet mv album um <clears throat> there were times where i was not out of my comfort zone because it's heavy and that's that's what i love I, I'm, my comfort zone is heavy um but we never stop writing i mean any musicians listening you know once you record an album you've already written like three new songs for another ep or an album in the future yeah. like you're always you're, you're constantly writing um and i'm really trying to push myself and a couple of months ago i just didn't feel myself behind the kit the album was written um and I really have one person in, I mean, I have my band to thank and my wife to thank for kind of getting me in that mindset. But I have one person also that really got me in that mindset where I was like, I hate what I'm doing. And they really made me push myself. Um, and if you guys know him, fair play, Steph Carter, he was um, from Gallows, the guitarist from Gallows. Um, he produced and directed our forthcoming album coming soon um on the 11th of february nemesis um and he really made me push myself like i would do a feel for a song that we've been playing for ages um like for instance the song nemesis which comes out next month the one that has richard shawin from cradle i have a i like a kind of a feel in it and i was in the, the drum room and i was doing this feel and uh steph came through in the in-ears in my in-ears and he went what did you think about that 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 drum fill and i went i liked it that's what i've been practicing he went sounds like you've gone down fallen down a pair of, like a flight of stairs with the drum kit in your hand push yourself and that for me like it then made me realize that i got too comfortable with where i was as a musician behind the kit I was too comfortable and I needed to push myself and I come up with something different. And he was like, nope, try again. Like, I, I think I get on better with people in music that are not yes men and yes women or yes they, or because it's 2021, 2022, whatever you genderize as. But like, I, I just feel like it was that that needed me to realize that i i kind of sat comfortable um and i really did fall out of love with drums for a little while um <clears throat> and craig reynolds who i mentioned i'm wearing his merch right now the downbeat he's the drummer of straight from the path and i've been watching his twitch streams and he does his twitch streams where he just talks about stuff and then he does straight from the path channel where he drums and he really made me fall into love with drums again because i could see the stuff that not other band members that are in big bands show you they only show you the good parts yeah. and this come yeah i mean this comes to back to what you're saying about being in love with drums and stuff and your instrument um i could see there was a there was an episode like a, a stream that he was trying to practice because he actually broke his back and he was meant to be in america because straight from the path is an american band but he couldn't go because he broke his back and after that he was rehabbing and he was trying to learn the tracks before he went into the studio in america and he legit 
had a meltdown live on Twitch. But I give him credit. He didn't stop the Twitch. He literally sat there for 40 seconds to a minute to two minutes, just hitting his stick on the snare because he was so pissed off. And I've been there. And I that just watching him so pissed off behind the kit made me think to myself, do you know what? He's showing people what it's really like to be a musician. It's not all glory. You are going to get annoyed with your instrument. There's going to be days where you pick up your instrument, like Jordan, be honest, you picked up your guitar one day and you find it back down, like, it's not my day today. Yeah, when the pandemic started, I'll be honest, I did fall out of love with it a lot because I wasn't having yeah. regular rehearsals and gigs and things like that. And I'm just like, you know what, I'm, I'm not feeling this. And to be honest, it went on for quite a while. Like I yeah. needed to find other outlets that um, would sort of fill that void essentially. Uh, this was, mm. this is, and still is a fantastic one, like getting to talk to people and learning new things about them and everything. But now that things have slowly started to open again, hopefully not going to close down. No, please, um, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the, it, my um, love for music, and playing the well I still have a love for music but it, it wasn't where it was and things like that um and it's just I think it's a part of growing up and still learning but I also thought it's like that's what you really fell in love with at the start so never leave it behind exactly and that's that's what I'm getting to obviously your question was like what made you fall in love like falling in love was the passion like I've already kind of delved into that but then I feel like any, I'll be, I'll be, I, I, I guarantee you've got a lot of musicians listening to your podcast, 100%, because you've had a lot of really, really good musicians on this podcast, um, which is why I was always shocked that you asked me to be on the podcast. Um, but like, a good musician. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. But like, honestly, like there are, there will be times like it's, it's annoying with social media because don't get me wrong, social media is amazing for musicians. Like in the early 90s when Slipknot were coming up and Lincoln Park were coming up and Limp Bizkit were coming up and Papa Roach, they didn't have what we have today. We have the tools to literally just go straight there. Like I'm off to America, I'm touring because social media is massive. Like back in the early, like early 2000s, like 98, 99, the Slipknot early, like new metal days and even the hard rock days like bands like Creed, um, and then Alter Bridge and bands like that, like they were having to go around to gigs, going to queues outside of like our kind of venues, like the, the Cambridge Court, the Corn Exchange, the Junction, um, you know, Brixton Academy, giving out tapes and flyers or listening to my band. Whereas it's easy for us to literally, my, my band are doing it right now. Like we have an album launch on the 11th of February when the album comes out, we have a gig and we just literally just do one post online and it's done. Social media is very good, but it's also very bad. It's a 50-50 because they only, a lot of bands only show us the good and not always everything else. Like it's very, it's filtered. Yeah, that's and that's why... where... Oh, sorry. I thought you were, sorry. Oh, go for it, man. Yeah. Um, I, I was just going to say, I think that's why I really rated um, Some Kind of Monster by Metallica, because that was... Oh, dude. It's yeah. funny you say that, like, literally, me and... Sorry to cut you off. Me and my guitarist, we were talking about this at rehearsals the other week. 
I watch that every Christmas. I don't know why. It's like a Christmas tradition for me. It's Home Alone, Die Hard 1, Some Kind of Monster, and It's a Wonderful Life. I have to watch those, those films. And Some Kind of Monster, when I hear and I see Lars Ulrich go up to James Hetfield and go, fuck, I'm like, they are the biggest band in the world. And yeah. literally it's, hey! <laughs> I'm like... How you doing? You're right. Happy Christmas. You too. Take happy Christmas. Happy New Year. Gordon, yeah. Do you remember Stretch Armstrong? Yeah. I do. I had I had the Stretch Armstrong dog as well. To be fair, that was pretty sick. There was a um, dog of it. There was a dog. Yeah. It used to leak though. I had like four. It used to leak. Anyway, uh, <laughs> but like um, we're seeing Lars Ulrich go up to like Lars Ulrich is another drummer. He's in my top five. Like we'll get to that point. I'll get to my like my top five. Like I, I'm gonna, I'm actually gonna turn it around to you and choose your top five guitarists because I just want to know. But because I've never heard anyone's ask you that, and I've always wanted to know. But get thinking now. But when I see Lars Ulrich go up to James Hetfield, bearing in mind Metallica are one of the world's biggest rock slash metal bands in the world. No other band have been that big yet. I mean, Iron Maiden would like to think they are, but they're, they're, they're not quite. It's, I mean, come on. I mean, I know they're British, Iron Maiden, but it's Metallica. To see Lars go, fuck, and have a meltdown in front of James and Kirk Hammett sitting there like this, going, guys, can't we just be friends? And fucking Dr. Phil Towd, whatever his name was, like sitting there going, we are in Metallica, and Bob Rock sitting there going, well, I want to be the new bassist. It just shows you that it's not all glitz and glamour. Like, they are the biggest band, like, biggest metal band out there. Like, I guarantee you, like, they are due a download headline slot within the next year or two. 100%. They're due. They haven't played there in, like, what, three, four, four years, minus COVID? They are massive, man. And it goes on from what you were saying, like... I'm, pre I'm pretty sure you've had it as well as I have. Like, you can be locked in a studio with, like, mm. all your members and then all, like, tensions boil and it's like, oh, why are you slurping your juice? Do you normally drink it. Or oh, dude. Just dude, you, you, I'll tell you what, right? The band, the band won't, hurt, won't kill me for saying this, but, like, I'll tell, you, I'll tell you a studio story from us recording Nemesis, the album, right? So we started recording Nemesis at the worst possible time. We wrote the songs, COVID happened. Then lockdown happened. So we had, I, I, we, me and my guitarist, and I'm, I'm not shitting you, this was just before, when was this? This was, when did the first lockdown happen? March? March 23rd, 2020. <laughs> 2020, wasn't it 2019? Uh, no, I'm pretty sure it was 20, 2020. So yeah, the first lockdown, there was me and my lead guitarist on a WhatsApp group call with Steph Carter, trying to sort out when we were going to come in and do scratch tracks because we, because the rule was only two people or three people could be in the room at one time in the studio. Yeah, that was the rule because technically we are professional musicians. We make music, we make money from from our music. So technically we weren't breaking any rules. Um, but we always took precautions like 
um, because there were that we have band members that are high risk. We have family members within the band that are high risk and vice versa. So we never, ever broke protocol. But we knew if we could, we would go to the studio, follow proper protocols, proper procedures. But until literally the end, like the final session of the album nearly being done, there was only ever three members per, and we're a five-piece band. Wow. So that's like a Black Album story then. It was, I'm, I'm not going to lie, dude. Like, it was shit. Like, I, I never want to do that again. Like, and I know the band, I've, I've already expressed how I felt with the, like, the band felt the same way. It was shit. Because we first went in, it was the first lockdown, and we recorded with Steph, and Steph was in the studio, and I came in after work, and my guitarist, Mike, and we did the scratch tracks. But a drummer and a guitarist doing the scratch tracks for all the songs on the album, there's going to be one or two mistakes because you know, write an album, that you always change things during the time. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, the songs that we wrote back in 2019, they are not the songs that you hear on the album. You always adapt. You're always changing. You're always, you know, you're always making sure that something else is different. How can I make this better? How can I make this guitar lick better? How can I make this solo better? There's always something. I, I, I'm not going to lie to you, dude. Like, it was probably one of the worst experiences of my musical career as, as, a, as a musician. Like, I, I, I would never want to do that again. In my eyes, like, I want some kind of monster it without the therapist. I want to be in a studio. I want to be with my boys and girl. And I want to smash out an album. Simple as that. And an exclusive right now. I actually have another project coming up. Another band called War Torn Wings. New single comes out soon for Glass Walls with an EP coming out on all streaming sites very soon as well. But that is neither here or there. That is coming soon. You'll see that on all my socials. But yeah, it sucked. <laughs> I just keep myself busy. <laughs> I guess I'll kind of go on to this um, next question. But um, I know mm. recently as well, you got your own sponsorship by a drumstick company, which is fantastic. Oh, I'm yeah. Express my congratulations. But with that Thank you, being man. said, um, what advice would you give to any musicians who are looking to achieve their dreams that, you know, it might seem so out of reach, like, oh, you know, I want to go on a tour bus and tour the world and live in a, a bus with my, my band and all that. And they, it just seems out of reach. Um, it's never out of reach. Um, I mean, I'm not in a signed band and I am now endorsed by probably... I mean, it's so bog standard to say the best company, you know, because everyone does. But this company that I'm about to name has treated me so well. Um, um, they're called Lost Cowboys Drumsticks. They're a Canadian um, drumstick manufacturer. And I'm, I, I've always known about them, um, but they've always been... I've never been able to get any of their gear purely for the fact that they only kind of retail in certain shops, but that will change. I promise you, you now in the next two, three years, everyone's going to know about Los Cabos. So we're going to um, see your face everywhere then. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mate, that is the dream. Saying that, that I will get back to that. So I will get back to that. But like, it's never out of reach. Like, the one thing I will say, and Jordan, you'll be the same as well. If you're in a band, 
and you're touring with other musicians or you play a one-off show with I mean bog standard local gigs you've got one head one headline act two support acts so relatively you've got your band and you've got what they say two five-piece bands so you've got another 10 musicians connect network always talk to other bands and other people because you never know who you're going to be talking to um and that being said like the reason i got with los cabos is because there is a friend of mine who's actually it sounds like such a cheap plug but he's actually playing on our album launch gig um because he's become a very good friend of mine and i really wanted him i like my lead singer my guitarist the rest of the band love his band and we've actually played a gig with them before so we got them on the bill um with another promoter and my friend luke he's a drummer and he's actually endorsed by the same company and he said to me he's like how are you finding your sticks and i'm like dude like i'm using the joey jordison pro mark 515 sticks they're ripping up my hands like i have calluses everywhere as a drummer like for the audio like i've got calluses everywhere like and they're ripping my hands up i used to have to buy grip tape which as a drummer like you're spending like five six pound on grip tape plus 12 pound on a pair of sticks they're dying in seconds like in three four rehearsals and a couple of gigs the sticks are dead you've wasted loads of shit and he was like try these and he was like i'll see how i get on if i don't use all my sticks in in my set i will give you a pair of sticks to play on your on your because they were first we were second and then we were supporting a band called planet fatal so i was like okay cool no worries he then we kind of drum tech each other um we always kind of help each other out like this is what i mean about networking if you're a musician listen to this now always make sure that you network with people because you never know you might find a friend for life like me and jordan didn't know each other until we met at papa roach in brixton we never knew each other but we networked, we spoke, and we've been friends for, I, I'm, I dare say it's double digits now in years now, right? Because that's when they were supporting Stone Sour, right? It was. It was Connection Tour and Audio Secrecy, if I'm not mistaken, Stone Sour. Jesus Christ. I want to say that was probably about 2010, 11. Exactly. And we're 2022 now. It's boxing now. We're getting there. Like, we're in double digits, my dude. Like always, like don't be. I mean, I, I, I mean, I'm not afraid to say this. Like, this is new. Not many people know this, but I've literally just been diagnosed with chronic anxiety and depression. Like, I'm an anxious person. Like, I will say this on the, on on the podcast right now because there are musicians out there that I know that will be like, oh, I don't want to say anything. Do just say something. The hardest part is saying it. The second hardest part is calling someone. The easiest part. It's just turning up and just talking to somebody like literally just do it. But just remember, if you suffer from anxiety, no, you're talking to people that are literally doing the same thing you're doing. Just give someone a heads up and be like, oh, I'm a little bit shy, but thanks for coming out. Thanks for being the band, supporting my band or whatever. Just please make connections, make just network because you never know who you talk to. And like me and my friend Luke, he then gave me the number to his guy from Los Cabos. Um, as I say, they are Canadian, but we have we have a UK um, distributor. Um, and there, as I say, like if they see potential in you, they will pick you up. Um, 
and obviously the endorsement bill you have to sign a contract to me so yes like every post that i post with these sticks i will tag you in it because i'm happy to play with your sticks like i'm in in the time that i've played with los cabos i haven't broken a stick yet and this gets the exciting bit i've actually got a signature stick coming out soon i've been working with, with los cabos um see jordan you're getting all the exclusives right now no one knows about this <laughs> um I'm getting a signature stick. My stage name is my initials. My name's Alan Bryant Lowe. It's an ABL signature stick. Um, and I've been working with them, like trying to find out the perfect dimensions, the perfect measurements, just stuff like that. I would never have got this unless I networked. And Jordan will back me up here. You always need to speak to people. As I say, if you suffer from anxiety, I get it. Like people see me and see me as a very social person, but it is behind a wall a lot of times it's a, a, a lot of times it is a front which is why i'm not a vocalist <laughs> i am a drummer but always make sure just just make sure you tell yourself in your head i am here because i'm speaking with other musicians still speak to the headline act because you may find a friend for life like my friend luke like eventually my band will scarlet envy will have and have a little tour or something around the UK with Jordan's band, Final Transmission. Always network because you're all in the same boat and you always have the same views. You all have the same passion. And there is never a no when it comes to an endorsement. Just believe in yourself, just put yourself out there. And if they, they will see potential in you. I know there's loads of people I mean, I'm just going to say from Los Cabos, I know there's loads of drummers out there that haven't got an endorsement that Los Cabos will definitely snap up. You just got to put yourself out there. It's simple as that. The same for guitarists. Like Los Cabos, whatever, another company that works guitar people. And there's, there's companies out there that will pick up guitarists for, I don't know, pickups or strings. Never say never because I'm in a band that's unsigned. We've literally played... We've played loads of shows, but like we've got our first album coming out soon, which is independent and I'm endorsed. It can happen to you too. Just believe in yourself. That's literally it. That, that, that's literally it for it. You just got to be passionate. That really is beautiful. That, Thank that, you. That's another one of the main reasons why I wanted you on here, because you're so passionate about like everything. When, when you speak and the, when I see you in person or when I saw you come off stage <laughs> in Cambridge and I was like, Oh man, that set was brilliant. You're drenched in sweat and you're like, you don't want to hug yeah. me. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I do. <laughs> I was literally, guys, listen, I was literally like, dude, don't hug me yet. I mean, you changed. It was like, don't come here, dude. I was drenched. <laughs> um, so moving on to more of a philosophical side now. Um, Sick. This is the best part of the podcast. I love this part of your podcast. Thank you. <laughs> I love it. Um, as a society, we seem to understand more things around us each day with our ever-changing world being ever-evolving. But do you ever believe we will understand the true power of music? No, not in a million years. And I can literally use an example that I heard, like not even like 15 hours ago. The government, right, in the UK, for the, the US listeners, only one that's listening everywhere else, in the UK, the government are now saying on the guidelines, if we go, when we were in the lockdowns and they're talking about another lockdown, quote unquote, we'll see where that goes. 
they were saying that entertainers and musicians need to find a new hobby slash new job. I'm not being funny. I remember. But like, yeah, exactly. Come on, my dude. Like, you're telling me that Boris Johnson doesn't have a Spotify account. Like, musicians are just as vital part as an accountant. Like, actors and actresses are just as vital part as someone who works in a fast food retail restaurant. You know, we are all doing our thing. A world of our entertainment is crazy. And I don't think people that are higher than us actually realize, and even ourselves, we take it for granted. And I honestly, like technology is booming. And I don't think in our lifetimes, we will see the full effect of music I mean, we've seen it a couple of times where they've like had like a hologram of Dio on stage performing a live gig oh, and yeah. that kind of stuff. But in my head, I'm thinking like the true power of music. In my head, I'm thinking, right, bands did. Now, anyone who's a musician or listens to music, which I know 90% of you do. Anyone listens to music during the lockdowns in America, worldwide, UK. Bands were doing live streams, right? Yeah. What was the difference, right? Now, everybody wins. Some people might not agree to this, but this will be, and I guarantee you this will be, and this is just my opinion, will be a thing in the future. Companies like Live Nation, Ticketmaster, see tickets. If you have a VR headset, you can watch a gig in a VR headset. You buy a ticket for £15 or less and you can be at the gig. Come on. Like, everyone's a winner. The music fans get their shit. The musicians get paid. They sell the merch on their stores. And Ticketmaster get their, their cut. Everyone's a winner. Like, why, why has no one thought of this yet? You put a 360 camera in the middle of a venue. You have a band play. Ticketmaster, Live Nation, everybody get on it. Why are we not doing that? Because I'm not being funny as much as I hate to say it. If we really want to delve deep, as this is a Digging Deep podcast, <laughs> I'm not being funny. This isn't the end of COVID. Gigs, like I'm meant to be going to see Beartooth, Motionless and White and Straight from the Path. My dude, Craig Reynolds. It's not going to happen like covid's just gonna cancel there's like who was it Meshuggah just cancelled their gig which was in march like it's been postponed like rather than postponing it live nation Ticketmaster, let's get on that vr shit man like everyone's a winner the band gets paid the touring crew get paid because everyone knows the bands got paid with merch not a lot but they did but the crews suffered man which is why the local venues were suffering. Let's get on that VR shit, man. Everyone's a winner. Like, come on. Man, before, before this podcast goes out, you have to quickly copyright, copyright it. <laughs> no, dude, literally, I don't care. If someone can do that and has the power that listens to this podcast, just do it. Just credit me at the bottom. At the, like, don't have to pay me, just credit me. Like, it needs to happen because live music, same as theatres, like, Something that people may not know about me, like my friends might. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm, I'm obsessed with theatre. Like one of my favourite theatre productions is Phantom of the Opera. Always was, because it was music orientated. 
that shit's only just picking up again and now it's going to stop again. VR headset, that shit. So we don't lose acting. We don't lose theatre. We don't lose music. The crews get paid. The scenery people get paid. Everyone's a winner. We all get what we want, but we're all in the comfort of our own house, self-isolating. Done. COVID doesn't, it is bad, but as entertainers, we can make it something. Simple as that. I love your positivity people, about that, man. Dude, like people like Live Nation and Ticketmaster and stuff like that, they have the money to do this. Like a VR headset, you can get them for cheap now, man. Like, come on, make this thing. So what would 360 you say? 360 GoPro. <laughs> put the GoPro in the middle, 360. What, what do you yeah. think the, um, like, say, a circle pit or a mosh pit would be like in your own bedroom? Like, and then you take the headset off. It's like, oh, shit, I'm in my room. <laughs> Dude, just do not take that headset off until the band have left and, and the crew have thrown a set list and you can't catch it. Done. It's simple. <laughs> but, dude, like, I'm not being funny, like, I understand that like COVID is a serious thing and what I've been hearing as I say like I, I this is the first place I've spoken about it because as I say it's a dig and deep podcast I know you like to delve into things and elaborate and I'm all down for it and we might be getting there there's less deaths like fingers crossed touch wood like but like it's gonna be a while till we're back to normal like we like <laughs> it's just shit but like we need to make make something out of it like it's it's get we're getting there. So on on the topic of COVID, like um, I, I wouldn't say it's fully on COVID. Mm, yeah, yeah. But um, how would you say your idea or ideology of mortality for us as humans has an effect on your life personally with everything that you've seen? Um. Well, I mean, I've had all three jabs, including the booster. Um. I mean, I understand people were like. Well, I understand both ways, but like, I understand people that got it. I mean, I've got both, um, plus the booster, which to be fair, I had a, admit I had a really bad time on the booster. I'll be honest, I'm a nice person, but like, I've got it now. Like, I had three days ill, but now I know that I am somewhat protected, um, which is good. Like, I mean, I'm doing everything I can personally as a musician because I know I've got gigs coming up. Fingers crossed they happen, but I want to make sure that I'm fully protected so I don't pass on to someone else or vice versa. Like, I'm doing my bit because I know I'm going to be mingling with people. Like, if someone comes up to me, like, oh, what a show that we played recently, um, a dad and two children came up to us and said, oh, my kids really loved your bank and have a selfie. And I'm just like, it It hit me like so hard. I was like, oh my God, these children, to me, I'm like, I'm a nobody, but to these children, that's the drummer of Scarlet Envy. I just watched him play on stage. Like it's, it's how me and you, like uh, Jordan C, like Matt Shadows, Ben from Breaking Benjamin and stuff like that. It's how we see, like they, they were literally, like the kid was looking at me like I was some kind of hero. And I was like, I'm a nobody because that's just how I am. Like I'm just someone who works in a warehouse from Monday to Friday and I play a gig on the Friday evening, you know? But like, we have to protect those people. Like, I understand when people don't want to take it because there's been not a lot of tests, like with fertility and stuff like that. I have a few friends that are, have, have had the jabs, but are not 
keen on the booster because of fertility issues, which is okay, fair enough, because there isn't enough information. Maybe if the government gave us a bit more information, people would start to feel a little bit easier. Um, obviously, with people that suffer from like miscarriages and stuff, it's a horrible subject, but like you can understand why they're a little bit, do I get this jab? Because it's not been tested properly. Like, I get it. I really do get it. Um, it's just, we need to, it, it just down, dumbs down to the fact we need to be careful. As a human race, we need to be careful. Um, well, obviously, I've mentioned him already, Craig Reynolds. He lives over here with, um, but his band is American, straight from the path. He went over to America, absolutely clear of anything. Um, recorded the album and then did like four three or four or five impromptu dates in like different states in america came back tested positive um but the thing is the band wasn't mingling with people um they were just keeping themselves to themselves and they're like their friends so i mean we just need to be careful like it wasn't their fault they're just doing their job like me and you we get booked for a gig we gotta play it yeah. um but we've got to take responsibility and make sure that we're being safe around others and not just keeping ourselves and our band members safe but people that have come out to see us their family their friends safe too um it's just it's just being safe like that's that's the only thing i think about in this this time at this time um when it comes to like i don't know just the ideology of the mortality of it is just coming back to what you're saying it's just we need to make sure that we follow the rules. Yes, okay, if you're in the UK, Boris Johnson and his cronies had a little party. Yeah, I mean, it pissed us all off. <laughs> but don't... It's, it's, it's weird because it's political. It, I'm, I'm not really a political person, but like, if you're listening in the U U United States or whether, just, if you, just be careful. Just know your surroundings. I mean, I've never had COVID. In the two years it's been a thing and i'm touching my chest of drawers right now it's wood i'm touching wood like exact jordan's touching wood <laughs> i don't want i don't want it and i don't want to give anyone around me because i have people around me that are high risk like we just need to be we need to adapt to our surroundings if we look at someone that's coughing we walk the other way or if we're in a supermarket wear a mask come out done unless you're obviously like um you you can't wear a mask or whatever um but yeah like it's just adapting we need to be sensible and once everything's done it's not gonna change overnight because we've been doing it for two years now mm. and I, I personally don't think it's gonna be the same for another two three years it sucks i know as a musician i just want to get out there i want to get out there i have two bands now and i just want to get out there and just play loads of gigs but it's just something we have to do in this current climate and we just need to be sensible. Yeah, I, I, I do know what you're on about because it's like, it's not going away. It's no. Like, we, we will be careful around it, but it's not going away. But just be sensible about it. Like, if you see someone, I don't know, scratching their bollocks in public, then going to open a door, it's like, I am not opening that. <laughs> um, <laughs> or I'm going to wash my hands or something. But we're just yeah. gonna, it will be here. It's like the flu or... Uh, the oh, what was the other one um when they had that problem in the bernard matthews chicken farm it, diseases oh God, will always that? be here and it's like 
uh, and then people randomly just bought toilet roll because they were like, oh, we're going to be locked away for 20,000 years. Uh, it, yeah. it will always be here. It will be a thing. We can't keep locking things down. And I know you said it's not mm-hmm. good to go into political stuff, but it's like, just be sensible. Um, but I guess yeah. it, uh, it kind of goes on to what I wanted to ask you next as well. That um, What are three beliefs you hold dear to yourself and why? um three beliefs i hold dear to myself um number one and i've only really delved into this recently um obviously i've announced to the world that now i'm i think i'm okay with it but like i suffer from apparently um chronic anxiety and depression i had no idea um but i'm cool with it like anyone who knows me knows that i was especially my wife like <sighs> Dude, like, I I couldn't ask for anyone better than my wife to literally be so supportive because she knew before me. Like, this has been a thing that I've been dealing with for since, I don't know, since before, probably me and you knew Jordan, like, like me and you knew each other. Like, I, it's just, I always thought of it and, and people might get annoyed by me saying this, but like, let I'll level with you like I always thought it as a weakness and I'll be honest like I'm an honest person I always thought that just being anxious and depressed was a weakness and I had to be strong for my friends around me um I've always been one of these people that always make sure that everybody's happy and like my wife like oh are you upset are you okay I'm fine okay you sure yeah I'm fine and I always put myself second or last. Um, and it wasn't until recently where I was talking to my wife and I was talking to my band and they're like, you don't see yourself. I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. And then I was listening to a podcast, Craig Reynolds again, my dude. Um, and he was uh, talking to um, Sam Cart from The Architects. And recently, like Architects have always been a thing for me. Like they've always been that band. They're just like, why are you not the new Metallica? It kills me. Why are you not headlining download like they should be? Um, but like he, he, he said something that it really made me think, hold on a second. It's okay. Like he legitimately, legitimately like Craig Reynolds downbeat podcast gets hundreds of thousands of listens. And it's, it's Sam fucking Carter from the architects. Like it's no one small. And he literally outright on the podcast said, you have to have antidepressants and I don't care about it. Like if anyone feels the same way, talk to someone. The hardest thing is making a phone call. The easiest thing is sorting it out. And it made me think. And then weeks and weeks and weeks had gone past. And there was times, I mean, I'm, <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I've been a handful. I've told my boss to fuck himself. Like there's been times where I've been absolute dick. But it's because I'm not, I've not felt myself and I get myself frustrated because I'm not frustrated because I know I'm not feeling myself, but I felt of it as a weakness. And it's not, it's not, it literally isn't like, and one of the, what I'm delving into is one of my beliefs is just be true to you, my dudes, and be true to you. If you feel down, talk to someone, man. Like don't hold it in because I've held it in for the last 10 or so years i've had shit happen in my life that's been shit and i've kept it in like i always put a brave face like oh yeah yeah everything's sick alan's cool like abl is a cool guy it kills me every day but i deal with it 
until I made that phone call. And that is the hardest thing, making the phone call. And I'll tell you exactly how you do it. You do a questionnaire on the phone and they tell you, yeah, you say yes or no questions. And sometimes and some maybe not questions and they tell you. And yeah, man, like, I don't care. I, I'm, I'm on antidepressants and I'm, I'm, I'm still me. I'm, I feel happier in myself. Like it's taken a while for him to kick in, but I don't care. Like it's cool, but you need to believe in yourself. Like it's, this is another thing I love about being a musician. I believe that part of my depression is caused through music and it's not a bad thing. It's because I want to be better than what I was yesterday. And that is the main thing. And that I always want to feel like I'm better than I was yesterday. And if you're a musician, if you're a drummer, because that's me, if you if you go behind a kit and you have what I like to call crazy leg syndrome and your legs do not work, <laughs> go, take a shower, have a drink, have some lunch, chill with your loved one, leave it, come back another day, your legs will be fine. Sometimes it, your body just doesn't want to double kick or doesn't want to do a paradiddle or a six stroke roll or something. It doesn't want to, same as a guitarist. Sometimes you don't want to alternate pick. Sometimes you don't want to down pick. Sometimes you don't want to sweep pick. Sometimes your body just wants to chill out. Um, so that's one, <laughs> um, but that, that one's the main one for me. Just, just believe in yourself. If you don't believe in yourself, you need to believe in yourself before you can believe in other things and other people. Simple as that. You need to do you. That's the main thing. Two, um, I would probably say always make sure that you are nice to people around you um, because like what me and Jordan said from the first five minutes of the podcast, you live every day like it's your last. Do you want people thinking and like, say for instance, it's your last day on earth and then the next day you're not here and someone goes, oh, Alan, yeah, he was a dick. Of course you don't. You want people to be like, oh, Alan, oh, Jordan. They were like two really cool dudes, great musicians, and they just wanted to make sure everyone was happy. Done. Like, just always make, just treat people how you want to be treated because in a world of social media, it's just shit. Like, <laughs> the only way I can describe it is I have a YouTube channel and YouTube channel comments are toxic. Jordan will know this. Yep. <laughs> YouTube, if you have a YouTube channel, take the comments with a pinch of salt because the people that are making these comments if you notice don't even have a have a profile picture it has like an f or a b or something so they've literally just made this this profile just to comment shit then they're probably not even a drummer guitarist vocalist or whatever you do so they have no idea what you're talking about and have no idea how much work you put in and then yeah just just be nice to people because we have a shit world with social media right now like at the moment my phone's sitting here and my twitter's going off and there's people just chatting absolute waffle like <laughs> it, it, i just ignore it i i if you ever see my band they will tell you that i thrive on hate comments i actually i've trained myself to love hate comments because the way i see it if you're hating on me I'm doing something right because I'm doing something you can't do. Simple as yeah. that. Because there's only simple as that. Like if you're hating someone, it's because you're jealous. Um, so just don't worry about it and just treat people how you want to be treated. 
as I say, social media is it's hit or miss, it's love hate. And three, I'm going to use it as a musician. My third belief is practice. It sounds so cliche, but literally three years ago, I couldn't double kick as as well as I can. And it's all for me, I'm not the best. You're hearing the album. Jordan's heard it heard it live with some of the songs. Like my double kicks improved a lot. It's not the best. It's sloppy. It's, it still can be sloppy at shows. Like it's too modest. But, <laughs> but, but there is always room for improvement. Um, and it doesn't matter what instrument you are. You can never master your instrument, whether you be a vocalist, guitarist, bassist, keyboardist, drummer. You can never master your instrument. There's always room for improvement. There's always something new to learn. Um, and if you really want to be a professional musician, just as I say, it's so cliche, it's so loud, why a Kerrang interview, but you need to practice because there's no one that's going to make you better other than yourself. Um, and <laughs> Jordan practices. I'm on the practice pad. I have an electric kit in the back of the bottom of the garden in the shed. I practice every day. It's not glamour glitz. I just practice. And that's, that's just, that's just it. That's my free beliefs. Like it, I'm so passionate about it because it's just the free beliefs because as a musician, you need to practice. That is beautiful. I mean, um, I mean, I didn't want to keep you any longer, but that was a beautiful no. way to end that question, man. Um, but yeah, um, like I said, I don't want to keep you any longer, but to close out the show today, um, the closing question, what is one thing you'd say to anyone today who might be listening, who is struggling to find positivity in their lives and finding it hard to work to new heights they can achieve in this world? Whether it be any. Um, um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm not being funny. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm a nobody. I mean, you could take my word with a pinch of salt. I mean, I do, <laughs> but like, if anyone's struggling out there, whether it be, you know, I mean, when you say positivity, it could be anything. It could be struggling to pick up a guitar or pick up a pair of sticks or struggling with themselves. Or, I mean, you, it goes back to what I said about believing in yourself. I mean, you need to just remember that the only person that can make you better is you, nobody else. People can give you courage. And you can look up to people. I mean, don't get me wrong. I look up to a lot of people. As I said, I mentioned, I mentioned them already. Joey Jordison, Jacoby Shalix, Craig Reynolds. Um, I don't know. That's just a couple. Um, but I look up to them because they are people and human beings just like us. And they do in exactly what I want to do as a musician. Um, you just have to believe in yourself. If you're going through problems talk to somebody, um, whether it be a family member or a friend, just talk to them. If you can't, there are numbers online that you can talk to. Um, it's all about just finding, I mean, if you're struggling to find yourself, the first thing I would say would be probably to think about what you, what a hobby, kind of a hobby you want to do. Because once you find a hobby, you can usually adapt to that hobby and seven to eight times out of ten you'll find a close net of friends i mean you, this is the common misconception you don't have to have shit ton of friends to be popular i mean i have a very close small tight net of friends and that's how i like it 
because like I said before, it's the world of social media. You, not everybody is going to be what you expect them to be, not going to be on your wavelength. As long as you have your small little tight net of friends that are on your wavelength, that's all you need. That's, that's literally all you need. Um, and that comes out of, for me, a hobby, um, which was making music. Um, but I mean, yeah, if you're, if you're finding, trying to find positivity in yourself, you need to take, I, I, my advice would be just to take a, just a couple of hours to think about where you are. Do you have a hobby? If not, whether it be education, um, playing an instrument, um, learning something new, like a language or something go into that like put all of your focus into that because before you know it you'll probably find people that are in the same boat as you just don't keep it kept up inside and don't keep it in like just just talk to somebody because you'll find that it helps like guaranteed there's there's a hundreds of thousands of millions of people that are in the same boat as you i was there i still am like but I have my band. I have Jordan. I have friends like Jordan. I have friends like my mate Sam. I have I have I have loads of friends that I can talk to and I can trust. And that's all you need. You don't need a big tight net of friend, like tight net group of friends. And that's a common misconception with social media, with followers, and Facebook, like and YouTube subscribers and stuff. Like my Instagram has over one thousand followers. I probably speak to thirty of them, if that. Wow. You know, it's, 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 that's the thing. People follow you for what you do, but you have your close net tight group of friends. And that's all that matters. It, it could be one friend. It could be two. As long as you have that one person you could talk to, you're fine. You're absolutely fine. Nothing is going to go wrong. As simple as that. Just believe in yourself. That is a beautiful way to finish it, man. Um, appreciate that <laughs> brother that, that hit me right here perfect way to close out season two <laughs> um, I know you said um, before we finish sorry um, my top five favourite guitarists yes I was going to say before we finish <laughs> I want to hear this um, Jesus Christ um, see, this is I'll tell you thing. what I'll oh, make yeah. it easier for you I'll give you my top five drummers and in that time you've got your your thing so my top five drummers this is no order this is the other thing it's a trick question it's no order because you can't your top five guitarists slash drummers it, it, it can't be in order because they're your top five you can't so you've got for me you've got joey johnson craig reynolds tommy lee chris adler and the man the myth the legend anyone can guess slayer drummer Yourself? Believe in yourself? Slayer drummer? I oh, no, wish the Slayer drummer was no. myself. <laughs> um, no, so the audio finisher, I was like, oh, Jesus. Uh, because I know you said believe in yourself, so I thought that's what it, you were leading on to. <laughs> Dave Lombardo, one of the best. Dave Lombardo. Oh, oh God, I always embarrassed. And as I say, I mean, there's a sixth as well. I mean, you, you can't go any more than the Bleak from a Bin drummer. Come on, anyone? Um, ben Burnley. Go on. Brian May. Woo! Love bit of Brian May. <laughs> Dave Grohl. Of course. 
the man, the myth, the legend. Um, Jesus, two more. You know, I also want to say Mike Moose Shock from Stained. Um, Decent, yeah. I've been listening to Stained recently. I've cracked out their albums again recently. Um, And there is another one. He's not a guitarist, but he's a bass guitarist. Uh, Sam Rivers from Limp Biscuit. He is very underrated. Decent. I love that. I love that. And obviously I forgot also Ali Richardson from Bleed From Within. Alan, it was an honour to have you on the show today, my friend. Hey, it's been a pleasure. (laughs) Um, I will definitely be releasing this as quick as I can. And yeah, Happy New Year, buddy. I can't wait to see you in the new year. Yeah, you too, my dude. I appreciate it. Happy New Year. I know there'll be a lot of success coming your way, brother. (laughs) Dude, same with you. Dude, this is at the end. Me, Me and your band... Sky MV or my other band, Warton Wings, however it goes, your band, Final Transmission, we're all going to do a massive tour. Like, it, it's going to happen. Like, it's just going to be a thing. Let's be honest. Like, it's just waiting to happen. I can't wait. 2022 is going to be a good one. <laughs> it's going to be a patch year. Trust me. <laughs> Take care, brother. I will release it as soon as possible. <laughs> no worries, my dude. Thanks okay. for having me. Happy New Year, everybody. Take care. Take care. Bye. <laughs>